Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all your support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We're so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Green Boy Brand. We want to thank Green Boy Brand for helping us design our two principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork designer logo or some cool merch, check them out at greenboybrand.com. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Uh, Hi, I'm Joe Schmidt from Channel 5. I'm hanging out with the Two Principles, which is kind of rare because when I went to school, I used to say, I don't hate school. It's just the principle of the thing. That's perfect. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, Joe, I got to ask you, um, you know, you're you're out and about all the time and you're busy and all that stuff. And I know we were, as we were coming over here, we were talking a little bit about food and all that. Do you have, do you have like a favorite food? Like if it's, this is what I want to eat, what would that food be? Well, you know, I, I recently did a big transformation in uh, December. We could talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I like pizza and and i like homemade cookies and milk i mean i could do that i could do that stuff all day he's, but, a, he's our guy man yeah, i like yeah, this yeah so so but uh, but now i like uh, you know i like good healthy food single ingredient foods mm-hmm. are the key if it comes out of a bag it's processed and uh, you're eating bad stuff yep i would agree with you so true and i would say you know you look great, by the way, and we're going to take a picture and we'll get a video and we're going to get it out on our, our media accounts, but so people can see, because if people haven't seen Joe Schmidt lately, you look healthy, you look good. So I'm, I'm saying that and kudos to you for all the work that you're doing on that. And we will, we will talk about that. Kev, are you, are you ready here? Let's do this, man. Let's, uh, let's raise our frequency today. Yeah, let's, let's go spread it. some good out in the podcast universe. It's that time. Hello and welcome to today's show, the summer edition of the Two Principles Pod. As always, super excited to be here today with my good friend, Kevin. And we are, I'm like a little kid, Kevin. We <laughs> got Joe tell. Schmidt from Channel 5 in our hotel room here talking to him. I'm, I, I, this is, this is going to be fun. fun. So yep. Joe Schmidt is uh, with us today on the show. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Joe, And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning into the Two Principles Pod, we appreciate you checking us out. There's lots of podcasts out there that are awesome, but thanks for tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. As always, every every episode, we will stay true to the Two Principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We'll stay present. 
we'll give it our best today. And of course, we're going to try to have a little bit of fun. And I think that's going to be easy today. Oh my gosh, yeah. a little kid here over yeah. here. You're going to get to kind of calm me down a little bit. <laughs> Joe, do you have any questions for the two principals? Like just to get it, do you have anything that you don't ask us? Yeah. Um, are kids still as afraid to go to the principal's <laughs> office as I was when I was a kid? Well, you know, I will say, um, I will say that yes, they are. Uh, some kids, whatever. But um, it's funny when I'll when I'll sometimes I'll I like to call students down just to tell them how good they're doing or you know something they're doing, and they come down and they're all scared when they walk in my office, and I'm like, hey, no, 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 this is this is all good. And so then we have a conversation. But yes, there are a lot of students that are still like, oh my gosh, what is Mr. Paris calling me down into the principal's office for? So yes, I, w- I, w- I would say I, that. I will add the, the trick is trying to beat the story home. More times than not, when you have to speak to a, a student, they've already communicated the story home because they know it's something's coming yeah. and it might not be the whole story. Okay. That's the trick because of the technology. Oh, sure. They oh. have the ability to, to get that out to the parent before you can. So that's the trick. I, I often say I, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in the social media era. Oh, oh. Just, you know, just in, and, you know, kids have so many more obstacles in front of them Absolutely. and hurdles and pitfalls that they can fall into, mm-hmm. even if they're good kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, and you know what? The, the more I work with kids, and I'm sure you could say the same thing. Maybe this is the question I should have asked. I still have a lot of faith in kids. There's a lot of good kids out mm-hmm. there with good hearts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. And uh, I would I would agree with the the social media age has changed. I think every I mean adults too, but kids and all that stuff. So that's changing. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that yeah. too. Joe, what we're gonna we what we've been doing lately is we've been doing like we've been asking our guests what's a walk up song. And you're a sports guy, you know these guys have walk up songs. So we want to know, Joe Schmidt, what would be your walk up song? Well, I always laughed that Joe Mowers was always like some rapper yeah. guy. And I was like, Joe Mauer has a rapper walk-up guy? It was T.I., I think. Uh, my walk-up song is REO Speedwagon, Riding the Storm Out. All right, here we go. Joe Schmidt, welcome to the Two Principles Podcast. We haven't had, you know, REO Speedwagon. No, we haven't, we haven't had I love REO Speedwagon. So, I mean, the, the great... Oh, I love this song. You know, it's, it's funny because it's my get and go song. And, and the funny thing about it is, you know, I never realized when I liked the song, it really kind of has a message. Yeah. We're all going to be facing storms. Right. And how do you ride the storm out? But uh, I literally have a, a dance that I used to do with my kids where I have a routine. And now my family does it. And at every Schmidt wedding, there will be a ride in the storm out moment where I'll get out in front and we will dance ride in the storm out and everybody will join in. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Love it. That's super cool. All right, Kevin. All right, let's we're going to jump into some questions here. Um, normally, what we do is we have a random question of the episode. Uh, kind of not doing that this week. We're doing something a little bit different. So the question is the opening question in in your role and in, in in this journey of speaking and and all the things that you do. I'm sure you reflect back on on the year and and uh, the season and whatnot. What's one quick highlight and one quick challenge um, that you've been reflecting on over the past year? Okay, um, uh, probably the, the the quick highlight. I, I mentioned it earlier. I, uh, I I joined a group of men called uh, Harder to Kill, and it's it's changed the way I approach health and fitness and mm-hmm. and wellness. Uh, 
Um, that would be my highlight. Um, my challenge is and always will be my schedule. And, yeah. and I will tell you that it's self-inflicted uh, because I will, mm-hmm. you know, many times, but I've gotten better at it. I've gotten better at it because I've, at some point I had to learn to say no. And at some point I had to learn to be a little selfish. Yeah. And, and that's sometimes hard to do if you're a pleaser by mm-hmm. nature. You know, I'm on TV. I want everybody to like <laughs> me and I want good ratings. And, you know, that, that helps you, you know, pay the bills. But, uh, but so anyway, you know, that, that is the challenge. And, um, you know, I, I still, I still uh, grind and battle with that one a little bit. Yeah. That's that work-life balance piece. And and that's something that we'll get into as well. Yeah. Uh, So let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, when you, when you think of your overall health, right. And you've, you've, you, you've gone on your journey here and, um, what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to Joe Schmidt? And then, Maybe what's your self-care plan and, and what do you put in place for yourself to make sure you're doing the right things? I, I think probably the best way to do this is, is to go back a little bit. You know, I've, I've kind of battled weight for a long time. And if there, you name a program, I did it. <laughs> I'm serious. You name yeah. a program. And I would have some success and then I would fall off the bandwagon and, and what have you. So, so I was that guy. I was the guy that could use excuses. I was the I'll start on Monday guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I was the guy that, you know, I blew it already. I had the weekend mentality. <laughs> All these things that, that build up in your head. And, and finally, at one point, um, I started reading a, a friend of mine on LinkedIn. He actually wasn't a friend of mine. He was a, a business acquaintance who I did something with a long time ago. He started reading about, writing about this group that he had formed called Argent Alpha, but their motto was harder to kill. And his whole premise was this. Once men hit 50 years old, and he's talking to men, but the same thing can be said with women. Uh, once men hit 50 years old, if your body percent fat is, you know, in the danger zone, you know, 15% is ideal, but if you're over 20, if you're over 30%, you are 10 times more likely to die of the top 10 diseases that yeah. there are. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, mm-hmm. stroke, on and on and on. And, and uh, it started hitting me because I started realizing that I didn't want to be that guy. I had already had cancer. I was, yeah, I, I, you... since I was 50 years old, I had cancer. I had two back surgeries. I was coming off an ankle surgery and I looked in the mirror and I saw bloated. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I don't do something now, you know, um, what am I going to do? So I realized what I had to do was go to the, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over yeah. again. I, I didn't need to join another Jenny Craig or another, <laughs> or, or start another Atkins diet. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't need to do that. I needed something different. So this group spoke to me. Tell us a little bit about this group. Okay. So, so anyway, I, I kept reading his stuff and it was, and I realized that, um, so we, we had a call. And I realized that this was something that I had to do because it was ba- basically breaking every bad habit that I had. I never told anybody when I was on a diet. Now I told people I was. But it wasn't a diet. This was a complete change. It concentrates on five areas. It concentrates on sleep, hydration, um, uh, nutrition, mindset, and your physical activity, your workouts. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I love what you just said there. That's because this is what we talk about. This all is what time. we're talking about, and every yeah. So keep going. Okay, yeah. so so in in the real basic fashion, 
Uh, sleep, I really had to work on. I'm still working on sleep. That's that's one. If if you know, and it's funny because in my second book, The Impact Blueprint, I I talked to Dan Butner. Oh, you know Dan? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Dan Butner, who wrote uh, Thrive yeah. and he wrote uh, The Blue Zones. Yep. Dan went out and uh, spent a year trying to examine the people who live the longest, and then he went and did one on the people who are the happiest. Yep. So I interviewed Dan for my second book, and I and I because I I knew Dan when I met Dan, he was. Going out with Cheryl Teagues. That 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 just, just <laughs> kind of as long as I'm dropping names, you know. Yeah, let's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the other day, Oprah told me, "Joey, you got to quit dropping names." You know. <laughs> um, but but anyway, um, so I said after I said after you know, I did this whole happiness thing, I said, "What did you change in your life?" And one of the big things he said is he had to learn how to sleep eight hours a day, yeah. eight hours a night, at least seven, and. Um, and I, I now wear a Fitbit that measures my sleep as much as my, you know, there's a Quora ring, there's yep. a whoop, there's all these different things, tools that can help you out. And I'm still working on sleep. I, I take magnesium glycinate when I go to yep. bed because the magnesium we don't have enough of. And, and, and that helps you. With this men's group gives you all kinds of ideas. And there's different resources we can go to, which is kind of this whole brotherhood. Yeah. It's not only a brotherhood of men, but it's also a brotherhood of knowledge. Yeah, where if you're having a problem, you you can talk about it. So sleep, we try to get um, hydration, uh, half your body weight in ounces. Mm-hmm. So so you know it is sit there and try to drink a hundred ounces of water a day. Yeah, you you, you find you you get your steps in better because you're running to take a pee all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but I have I have a strategy that I I use on that. I drink I try to drink the first thing I do when I wake up. I drink twenty four ounces of water. Then I have my coffee and I drink another 24 ounces while I'm having my coffee. So you get into these yeah, routines. Yeah. Uh, mindset. Uh, you know, mindset is is strictly breaking all the rules, uh, taking all the rules that you failed at in the past, wiping them off and starting over again. And and that's really what I did. Like I said, I, I actually told people what I was doing. I um, I actually you know didn't get into that weekend mentality. I put points on the board every day. I... I here's the here's the question that I use for myself all the time, and it, and I'm not nuts on this because mindset. It used to be lifestyle. Yeah. Lifestyle's too big. Yeah. Lifestyle's way too big. Yeah. Mindset's different. So I ask myself this question: Is this what a healthy person would do? Yeah. So so most of the time, and you don't have to be perfect all the time. No, you don't have to be perfect because you're never going to be perfect all the time. But put points on the board every day. So then, then, then you get to the physical part of it. And the physical part of it is you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, so yeah, true. These, these people who say, you know, geez, I, I ate a pizza and drank six beers last <laughs> night. I'm going to spend an extra 20 minutes on the treadmill. Ain't happening. Good, good luck on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, uh, this uh, program does concentrate on resistance training. Okay. And, it's, it's, you know, and, and here's the deal. When once you turn fifty, you start losing uh, up to a pound and a half of muscle a year. Yeah. So if you don't do anything to stop that, uh, you're going to be in trouble. And resistance training is the way to do it. So I'll do a little aerobics. I'll do more walking than anything. Mm-hmm. But I I do resistance training. I do some push-ups. I do wall sits. I do sit-ups, and then I I do some weights. I I see a trainer once a week just to. And and this trainer's great because it's not about go get ten more reps. It's yeah. about do that correct. Yeah. Right. Don't hurt yourself. Yes. You know, you know, you're you do your squats. I want these knees out, you mm-hmm. know. 
and uh, and uh, and we take um, a body an in body test um, every month. So you see your progress. You see where you need to work. And these in body tests tells you everything from your you know muscle to your water weight to uh, the one that I like is your visceral fat, and that's the one that'll kill you. Yep. Visceral fat is the fat around your organs. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's when you talk about getting trying to get down to fifteen percent body weight. You know, that's part of that is, is that. Um, so, um, so anyway, I uh, I try to do you know three four days a week of some kind of resistance training, and, and sometimes it's twenty minutes. Sometimes you know the whole thing's an hour. But the my trainer every time I see him, he works a half hour on stretching alone. Yeah, because he goes, you can't add muscle until you can stretch, and and so. I'm more limber than I, I, I've ever been before. Yeah, really, and that's it's, it's, it makes a big. You carry yourself different. You ever do yoga? Uh, I'm not a yoga guy. No, it's okay, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And then let's see, what was the last one? I talked hydration, uh, mindset, diet, um, nutrition, nutri- nutri- nutrition, nutrition, high protein, um, and it's it's not just all meats and stuff. Sometimes there's some supplements. Um, I was telling Jason, I, I found this yogurt ratio yogurt that yeah. has like 28 grams of protein in it. I my, my normal breakfast is ratio yogurt. I'll put a, a scoop of protein powder in, get some organic blueberries frozen. I'll throw them in the microwave for about a minute, stir it all up together. And my God, I feel like I'm having a, you know, gourmet meal, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, so, but anyway, so there's all these little tricks. So this group that I have together we do a Zoom once a week, and you get on there, and it's accountability thing. Love it. Yep. You, 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 those five areas. You give you you give yourself a point every day if you did that. So every week you go and report. I did thirty two out of thirty five this week. Yeah. And I had a problem because I had to come up and speak to a bunch of principals. <laughs> you know, up at Breezy Point. Exactly. So, so I had that I, large pizza. Yeah. So I. <laughs> So I worked all day, and at at ten forty five at night, I took a three hour drive up north. And yeah. on the way, as you saw in my car, yeah, you got in my protein, car, Jason. Yeah. I, I drank a couple of protein drinks. Yeah. I found some good protein drinks. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Here, you know, one of the things we t- one of the, the sayings that we we have on the show is it starts with you. And you know, you alluded and you talked about you've tried every everything under the sun. You've tried it all, and what you're doing now, it's great. It sounds awesome, but you. St- you still have to implement it, right? Yeah. You still have to. So, so I'm curious, what changed for you? Like, what happened? What was that turning point, that catalyst that all of a sudden, because at the end of the day, this is still just another, not just another, but it's another program. It is another program. And I think, I think the accountability helps, the, the brotherhood kind of helps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the leader of it, it's a, it's a guy by the name of Scott Jagosinski. And, he said he makes you write down your why, and we. He makes everybody read this book called Your Future Self. Mm. If you haven't mm. read the book, no, I've it, heard of it. I haven't read it. Though. It's awesome. Your future, and any, self. your future self. So, <clears throat> what do you see yourself, you know, doing, looking like? Uh, how are you going to be? What are you going to be passionate about? How are you going to be impacting your community and your family? And anyway, through that process, I came up with my why. And my why was pretty simple. Um, I have a two-year-old granddaughter, and this is what I made my why. I'm going to dance at her wedding, but I'm not just going to be dancing. 
I'm going to be doing the worm at her wedding. <laughs> and I'm going to do Good riding the storm at her wedding. Good for so, you. And, and I hope she didn't get married until she's 35. Yeah. You know, so because yeah. so, that would be a good. So so I kind of, you know, I, I just kind of thought, and and then it, it was funny. So all these things happen in your head, and that's why the mindset thing is so fun. So I go to church like the next Sunday, and I just started noticing these old men walking down the aisle. <laughs> And they're all limping, they're all crouched over with a bad back, they're all, you know, and I just started thinking, is that the way you want to live the last 20% of your life? You know, we, we have, you know, if, if you're lucky, knock on wood, your, your health stays with you, and I, I know we can all get hit with health things no matter yeah, what sure. kind of lifestyle you get hit with. But I, I'm sure we all have had either parents or relatives where, you know, they spend the last 20% of their life going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and I, I I hearken back. My wife and I used to years and years ago used to do the hi. I'm Joe Schmidt. Join me and my wife as we do one of these tours. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. And it had an impact on me and and, and why I didn't use it earlier. Kind of as a kick in my butt. Um, we went to uh, we took uh, 50 people to Hawaii, and we got to the USS Arizona, and um, you went from the hotel. Everybody hopped on the bus. And there were three couples that couldn't navigate down the stairs, walk 100 yards to the boat that would take us to the USS Arizona. And they were people who had worked their entire lives to save up for this trip. And they just couldn't do it. And I just thought, you know, granted, it can happen to anybody. I'm not not saying I'm holier than thou and and I make mistakes. And and I hope a year from now you don't look at me and say, (laughs) what the hell happened to Joe? But, but... You know that that's just stuff. You got to find your why, and that will help you get the right mindset. I yeah. know both of you guys have gone through the transformation. Yeah. I'm curious, what were your whys? My why was, you know, um, it was it was a collective why. My wife and I made the decision uh, at the same time to make a big change. It was a it was a picture of my wife and I standing next to each other on her 40th birthday. She, we were holding a cake and we were both, you know, 50, 60 pounds heavier than we are now. And we looked at that and the next day we went 100% plant-based, threw almost all of our food away and started over from scratch and haven't looked back. And the, the why was, I mean, I was 40 years old and I, I felt like I was 60. I just was miserable. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with the way I looked. I wasn't happy with the way that I felt. I wasn't happy that um, all the things I used to do, you know, athletically, I wasn't able to do anymore. And I just uh, enough's enough. I know. know. I know people who don't go back to class reunions because they don't like the way they yeah. look. You know, and, and and you know, in today's day and age of mental health, we have enough challenges staying mentally healthy without our own right. issues. Yep. And and you know, I. I understand that the people are overweight and that happens, but it's just try, mm-hmm. put points on the board, mm-hmm. and you'll just feel better. It's, it. it's a mindset. Well, I would say for you know for me, uh, you know, being in the role of a principal, and again, you're you, we get into this profession, we want to give, we want to love, we want to do all this stuff. I just I was overweight, uh, didn't feel good mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually. Um, had some uh, bouts with going into the doctor because of my physical health. And I was 
back in the day, you know, former athlete, played sports, was relatively healthy and then had kids. And I, it was for me looking at my kids saying, I want to be there for these kids when they're older and when they're going to get married and all that stuff, just very similar to what you, and I said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. So then it's been a journey for me. I have not been perfect, but over the last five years, I've just started to kind of <clears throat> take different approaches. And, you know, for me, it's, it's movement. I, same thing. It's resistance training. I, I've got back to lifting weights again, try to get 10,000, you know, 10,000, around 10,000 steps in a day. Uh, my nutrition's changed. I stay away from the processed food. I'm very similar, high protein, try to get 200 grams of protein in. Um, you know, if that's through, you know, I always call it my my grass-fed organic mm-hmm. steak or mm-hmm. chicken, you know, whatever it is, trying to get that in. Uh, Greek yogurt, all that good stuff, trying to get that in my body. Uh, but I've lost about 80 pounds and um, it is, it's a journey. It, the other thing I would say is it doesn't, there's no magic pill and it doesn't come off quick. It's consistency. It's day after day. Like you said, put points, put points on the board every day. And that's just kind of my mindset now. And so I feel better. Um, I look back at pictures like three, four years ago, and I'm like, oh, my God. I, it's, it, it is. But that's what keeps me going now. It's like I look back, and I'm like, I want to stay. Because I am. You get close to 50. You're at the 50. I want to have be strong and I want to be able to do the worm I want to I want to break that I'll do whatever but I, I want to continue to do that yeah, so I, that I think it's me. important too you know you found a program that worked for you and and everyone's different we mm-hmm. talk about that all the time it might not be the same thing for you for you for me I right. mean you and I are very different I you know nutrition wise we're we both eat clean but but we're different um yeah. I'm I'm a runner that's that's my go-to that's what I like to do um, you know, I'm not big yoga. I should do more yoga, but give yourself permission to find something that, that will work, work for, you. for you. And I yeah. think that's the biggest thing that I've learned on this journey that we're doing. This is everybody's different and that's okay, but find out what works for you because you know, you can, the motivation and all that stuff, you can get motivated and awesome, but that wears off. Then it comes down to discipline, right? Doing it when you don't want to do it. And that's the big thing. Um, and everybody, every guest we've had on, totally different, totally approach. different approach, and that's yep. okay. But that's that's what's making them, you know, the best version of themselves, and that's what we want. So I love that you asked that question, Joe. Yeah, it's just you know, it's you guys can hit on it. it it's consistency, um, and it's it's finding something you believe in, something that's sustainable. I think the other thing that I had to do is is kind of change the the mindset that. Um, it, it really is a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. And, and too many times, you know, you know, you're if you're if you're drinking some powdered shake or something, you can't wait to get off of it. Well, the next thing you know, you're going to gain all the weight back. But mm-hmm. but if you put a hey, I need to lose 20 pounds before my class reunion, you might do that. But guess what you're going to do uh, two months after? You're going to put that 20 on and maybe five more. Mm-hmm. So so that's why you got to really just kind of decide to change it. And I and I do think the other thing, quite frankly, is. There needs to be that trigger point that says you want to do it. Um, it, it. It's kind of funny since my journey, I've had a lot of friends, you know, my age, and and say, I got to do it. What are you doing? Oh my God! <laughs> you know, they'll see you, and you, you know, you look healthy. And I said, and the thing, the, the best thing about this 
the, my plan that I'm working on now is I don't look like I have cancer. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I didn't lose weight and I'm sagging all over the place. I look healthy because I'm lifting weights yeah. and I'm walking sure. and I'm exercising and all this, you know, so, so you know, they don't even have that ask that uncomfortable question. But not one of the guys has really kind of done it. So I, I, I realized that you have to get to that point probably a little bit like an alcoholic Absolutely. where you, you, you have to kind of get your rock bottom where you say, I need to do something and it's not going to be just a, you know, two month plan. This mm-hmm. is something I, I just want to do. And, um, you know, and it, like I said, it doesn't mean you're going to slip. doesn't mean you're going to fail. doesn't mean you're going to, you know, be sometimes where, Oh boy, did I screw that up? But then this don't get back on the horse the next day. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's, that's the key. And, uh, you know, I, I think, the accountability, we have a group of men, but I, I think having an accountability partner for you, mm-hmm. uh, it was your wife, yep, you know, yep. so so you have someone that's going to kind of hold you accountable and motivate you and you have those those moments and what have you. Yeah, that, that's, that's just wonderful. It is. Absolutely. Let's get into some, let's get into one of our big pillars, that reason why we really started this show. It is. is it is. I'll let you uh, talk yeah, about this. Uh, mental health. Um, this is, this is like, like Jason said, this is one of the four pillars that we talk about. Um, the importance of it, the, the, uh, you know, the desire to, to break that stigma down um, so that people feel comfortable having conversations about it. Um, you know, one of the things we say, it's not mental health is it's, it's our being, it's who we are. We are mental people. <laughs> and so it's just part of you. Um, it's not a negative thing. And and so for you, what is your interpretation? What is your relationship? What is, what is the way you interact with the idea behind mental health? Um, yeah. Talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah. It's a really good question. Um, I, I consider myself fairly lucky because I've always had a pretty positive outlook on life. It doesn't mean I've had, I've had moments. I've I've never had uh, what I would call a mental health crisis. I, I certainly go through ups and downs. I I do have in my family. You know, I do have people that have had uh, serious problems. I have a, a nephew who's paranoid schizophrenic. You know, okay. so I mean, so we've 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 dealt with with these issues. You know, I I think like most people. You know, we grew up when I grew up. Um, in, you know, in the seventies, you know, it was, uh, your mom and dad put dirt on it and tough it out, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, and that, that was the the way it was. And if, if you showed any form of weakness, it wasn't manly, you know, it was, you know, masculine, yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of, kind of thing. And, um, um, so fortunately I think we've all now know that that's not the way it should be approached and that, um, there are people out there really struggling. And, and quite frankly, when you hear some of the reports about, uh, you know, from the CDC on, on what's happening to high school kids, but you also hear where adults are struggling too. And, and you know, I've had a friend who committed suicide and, and you know, so or I should say died of suicide. Um, and th- that would be one of the changes I made right there. I, how, I how, love, how about I was, that? I was going to talk about that, but yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. How about how about that one? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I, I, I'm glad that is it is in the forefront and in the athletic you know field as a, as a sports anchor you know the, the Kevin loves of the world to come out and talk about their mm-hmm. anxiety and it's it's led me to believe a lot be a lot more empathetic you know I have people who I work with that you know that I know you know have some struggles so mm-hmm. so you know how can I be more empathetic to their needs how can I help them out more 
even though I might not exactly understand what they're going through. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, it's a tough, tough deal because you never know when that person next to you is going through something heavy. Yeah. And that's why we all need to be more compassionate and empathetic and, and just kind of acknowledge and value people. I talked about that today to, to the principals. And, and I had a lot of head shaking in the room because you guys understand it more than anybody. I would, you know, when you say that, what you asked the principals to do today is that send that text, who, who's made an impact, you know, and do that. And you said one person. I, I tried to send it out to as many people that came onto my heart. And it was pretty cool to see people come back. If it was a former coach, if it was a teacher, if it was a, one of my bosses, if it was... Uh, my spouse, my ki- whatever. We need to do more of that. Yep. I think so much of we, and I got the goosebumps, Joe, listening to you today, and I've still got the goosebumps because you're sitting in a hotel room talking <laughs> to the new principals. But the the things we can do to, when you say empathetic, compassionate, all that stuff, but to let people know, you're, I appreciate you. You thank you. We got to do more of that. Yeah, the tech, the text. In, in case people uh, d- don't know, I, I do it in pretty much every one of my keynotes. I ask people to get their phones out and think about somebody who's made an impact on their life, somebody they can count on in good times and bad. And and I kind of leave it wide open, and I have them say, "I'm listening to a speaker today talk about people who made an impact," and I thought of you. And then people send it out, and then about an hour later, I go back and have people read some of their texts. And I can't tell you how many times it was, you don't know how bad I needed that today. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, this made my day. Um, you know, j- those kinds of things. So that's the whole theory that you never know when somebody really needs that for the day, to be, needs to be acknowledged and valued. And how hard is it to ask one more question to, to find out how somebody is doing? You know, how hard is it we get so busy that we don't acknowledge that somebody, you know, it's just not right that day. There's something going on. You know, um, I, have, I have two daughters who are educators, and, and one of the daughters told was telling the story about a, a kid who was just a good kid and just all of a sudden becoming a huge distraction and troublemaker in the class. Well, when they dug a little deeper and found out, they found out he was hungry. Hmm. He had not anything to eat. You know, we, we have, so we're talking about mental health issues and kids are going to school hungry and all of a sudden the kid's disruptive and we're wondering, wondering why. Well, if you're not aware, if you don't go ask that question, you're not going to find out. And right. uh, sometimes it's our job just to ask that question, yeah. find out. I want to, I'm just going to read it. I, I got a couple back. And sure. this, this, you know, this is one of my bosses. I said, I replied back, what a day brightener with a big heart. Uh, we're just leaving Bemidji, um, fishing, campfire, sips, games, lots of laughs. I hope you're finding your breath. It's time to play, right? Got that mm-hmm. back. Um, what's the other? Uh, another one here. Um, that's very kind of you to say, uh, and that I would agree that you are also making a very big impact as well. Uh, love you too, bro, and looking forward uh, to the grad party. Thursday night. <laughs> I, my, my youngest son's gra- uh, just graduated from high school, so we're cool. empty nest, so we're having a grad party Thursday night. So anyway, those I, I'm going to challenge myself. What I heard from Joe today, I'm going to 
challenge myself. I'm going to do, I need to do more of that. Absolutely. Uh, if it's a, if it's a text, if it's whatever, if it's a little post-it note, whatever, I, I need to do a better job of that. Mm-hmm. And that just was a great reminder for me today about the impact that you can have. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't, like we were talking earlier, coming over here, it doesn't have to be like, I'm this big coach talking to, you know, mm-hmm. 500 people, whatever. It's just the little things you do make such a big impact. So I love that. Yeah. It, people, you know, too many people feel invisible. Mm-hmm. They want to belong. And, and uh, you know, how can we make people feel that they're welcome and that they are valued? And you're right. It's, it, and it's hard because we all get so busy. Mm-hmm. You know, we all get so crazy. And, and um, but, you know, the funny thing is, like, you got a return volley, I call it, when they said you made an <laughs> impact too. And, and that is the, the, one of the other secrets. You know, when you kind of live this life of impact, when you try to make one more impact a day, I call it compound interest, you know, compound impact. Mm-hmm. Your 401k, the reason it grows is because of compound interest. Well, compound impact. Imagine if you made one more intentional impact a day. Yeah. How much equity would you build up in one year? How many more deeper, more meaningful relationships would you have? How many more friends would you have? How many more people would you have who will trust you and be loyal to you because they know you got their back? Yeah. I mean, it, it, so, so the, the end of the story is you end up reaping the rewards by doing the right thing in the first place. Right, right, right. I love it. Human capital. Right? Yeah. Human ca- yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Well, and, and then just, I mean, talk about just, you know, the small impacts and the decisions. I mean, your story this morning about Joe Maurer and the lunch. I mean, my gosh, tears. You know, I mean, yeah. that's just, I mean, what, I mean, I've never met Joe Maurer, but clearly he is a stand-up human being. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, just. And when you talk about silent or quiet, it's that, He's not in it for the, Mm-mm. I want the no. accolades, I, you know, and that's the cool part about that. Very yeah. humble. No, Joe, Joe Marr was a, they say down south, there was some good raising going on there, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, it, it, you know, Joe's father uh, recently passed away and, um, and I had mentioned that Joe and I are now writing a children's book yeah. based on mm-hmm. the fact that Joe walked this blind student to lunch and the impact that it had. And, um, and it's just it's just a neat story that hopefully will inspire another generation. So, but I, I asked Joe about his dad. So let's talk about your dad, and and uh, which which is another. Can, I'm going to get off topic here. That's which, okay. Which I do, which which I do. When somebody dies, don't tell that person. Oh, I remember when my dad died. Boy, I was really sad. My dad used to do. Yeah. You know. So I learned that from people dying in my life. Yeah. Ask them, so I said, Joe, you know, what, what traits did your dad give you? You know, what are some stories where you learned lessons from your dad? Those are the kinds of things that people with the, can then go off of, you know. Mm-hmm. What's the greatest trait your dad gave you? Yeah. When you're standing in line at the funeral trying to figure out what to say, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I take it from me. So anyway, so I asked that to Joe, and, and Joe was just saying it was truly how to treat other people. And then he told the story that I'm going to include in the book about how he broke a window, at, you know, playing a baseball and he kind of ran away, but his dad found out he broke the window. He made him go over and apologize and then they paid for it. They made him work it off. And it was just kind of those lessons, but it was doing the right thing. So the name of the book is do the right thing. I love it. And when is that? Do you have a Uh, 2024? It's, it's written and it's been edited now. It's, it's because I'm working with an illustrator. I'm going to actually have a picture book. So we're working with an illustrator right now. And, and so, and then, the whole process takes about a year, but it should be out 
in 2024. And I, I, I selfishly, and, and by the way, 100% of the proceeds are going to go to two charities. One is going to be Thumbs Up for Mental Health, yeah. and the second one is uh, Joe works with a neighborhood charity, but it's kind of gone national. Um, so we just decided that all the money is going to go cool. to these, these charities so that both cool. deal, deal with kids and mental health. And, um, and uh, anyway, so I'm hoping that, so it comes out in 2024, it'd be great if Joe makes the Baseball Hall of Fame that year. Oh, yeah. that It'll be, be the first time Joe's up for the Hall of Fame. Yep. And he's, uh, he's an on-defenser. Joe will make the Hall of Fame, it, but whether or not he makes it on the first ballot, because yeah. the, the, the first ballot, there's a lot of ego that goes on there. <laughs> See, all the guys who are in the Hall of Fame get the vote for the Hall of Famers, and guess what? Their autographs are worth a lot more when there were fewer sure. Hall of Famers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, let's talk a little. I want to talk a little bit about social media, the impact of social media. And I know you uh, had mentioned it to me just growing up, or even before we were talking here earlier, but just the impact of social media and how that uh, can impact positively or negatively somebody. And then we talk a lot about there's so much research about the addiction to it, right? Yeah. And how many people how many people are on their phone, they're on their social media platforms and maybe some thoughts on that or what you would what you could share about that or how do you use social media or maybe a funny story about it too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I you know, I'm not you know, social media is a little bit like AI. Kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. When when used properly, it can be really powerful and cool. When used for nefarious reasons it can be absolutely awful and devastating and you guys probably know more about it because you're dealing with the generation the younger kids um i kind of have a love hate with social media um i actually thought i could make a million dollars and this 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 was my thought because i think you know a lot of times you know who posts on facebook an ugly picture of themselves you know it's always like Look at me! I just cry. I just hiked the Grand Tetons. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's it. So anyway, so what I wanted to do was be able to to have this electronic sticker that said "LAM." Look at me. So instead of likes, you could subliminally, and nobody would find out who did it. You could buy these little stickers that said "LAM." So whenever somebody put that on there, instead of likes, they'd get the "LAM" seal. Someone's <laughs> going to make millions of dollars off that uh. one. But but you know the the other thing that I, I talk about social media is there's a truth, a lie, and 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 it's, the truth is somewhere in between. And um, but but um, I also think you know. Scroll through Facebook or Instagram once. This is a good test for yourself. And try not to be judgmental. Yeah. Hmm. The human nature will come mm -hmm. up. Try not to be judgmental. I think it's impossible. Yeah. You know, why would they wear that? What are they doing? Well, uh, bragging, you know. It's his daughter's birthday, and he just posted 12 pictures of himself with his daughter. And <laughs> it was like, what about his daughter's birthday? You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that, that, that kind of thing. So... Um, I'm the last guy in the world probably to be an expert on social media, but um, it, it's it's here, it, it's a reality. But when you talk about the entire mental health thing, you, you know as well as I do that kids post something and they're looking at how many likes they mm -hmm. had, they're right. looking at how many views they had, and um, and that can that can just beat somebody up who's an outsider. And that's yeah. the 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 research that is out there now, and we've we've because it's been around for a while, but you see the negative impacts of 
uh, mental health when it comes to kids, especially girls, um, yeah. the increase in mental health illness or uh, all that stuff. And so it is, and it's that, com- it's that comparing, right? We, we want to compare mm-hmm. and what we, I think, and this is for me, this is what I've learned on my journey is I'm really, I think a lot of people are, but very critical, right? Very critical. You said judge, you know, judgmental, you're always beating myself up a lot, mm-hmm. but how can you have that self-compassion and self-love to say, Hey, it's going to be okay. And, and work through that because I mean, we're in a world right now, man, everything you put out there, mm-hmm. that's out. I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I'm guessing there's a certain element of your profession where you, you, you talked about the love hate relationship with social media. You're probably relying on it. Yeah. To a, to a significant degree, I would guess. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I mean, I, I, I follow Twitter. I don't tweet a lot or whatever, but I certainly watch Twitter for, yeah. for information, you know, and then, you know, the, the problem is, you know, with all information online is you don't know what the sources are and, and you don't know whether <laughs> it's true or not. And, and I just, I just worry that, you know, there's, especially like with this AI coming out where, you know, people can, you know, they, they not only can take your voice, they can take your face. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what are we going to be getting fed here in the mm-hmm. next five years? You know, I mean, it's going to be awful and in the wrong hands. And, you know, you can just wreck somebody's entire career or life. But but from the kid's standpoint, that's the biggest thing that's really scary about it. Yeah. You know, adults at a certain point should be able to right. handle that. But 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 the kids in particular, everybody wants to be popular. And, you know, just I mean, think about this as a kid. You know, FOMO. You know, if you're missing yeah. out, just 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 imagine if everybody's posting at this cool party and you didn't get invited. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just, I mean, think think what that will do to you. Mm-hmm. We're human; it beat the heck out of you. Absolutely. And if you're in a weak spot, who knows? So, um, yeah, it's scary. It's, it is. It, it is. It really is. When you really break it down, it is a uh, uh, significant issue that uh, we continually try to work on. Going back to what you talked about when you said, I think you, you, you said a friend that with suicide, yeah. you changed your language there. What, what, what's, the, what's the meaning behind that or what's well, the growth behind that? Committed suicide means that it was a weakness. Mm-hmm. A diet of suicide means that you, know, you were in such a desperate state, you had depression and, and you know, your life, you, you decided it was better off not to be alive. And... Um, um, suicide is a really hard thing to talk about, but how many schools are dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and layer that with the social media and so forth. But, um, you know, once again, that was the old thinking, you know, well, he, you know, 20, 30 years ago, weak minded people would mm-hmm. do that. You know, now all of a sudden you realize that no, it's not, you know, it's people who need help people who are sick and are battling depression and um yeah it's it, it's a, it's scary because you know you just sit there and you see how i used to i used to um do some work for an organization called save and it was it's one of the suicide prevention thing and a guy by the name of dr dan Reidenbach was he's kind of world famous on the stage and he was dealing with it all the time and i was like how do you deal with it but but you know he would go into schools that you know, had a had yeah. a suicide, and and it wasn't and it wasn't always the outcast. Sometimes it was the most popular yeah. person in school. You know, so um, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a terrible thing, but I think if we're all just a little bit more aware, show a little more compassion, are kind now and then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe uh, we can get people through. All right, it's the world needs, like I said, it's a lot of love. Um, and how can you spread mm-hmm. that? How can you do that? And that's why again, Joy, your message is so to me powerful, and we need to do more of this. Yeah. We need to spread that. My understanding, I'm going to piggyback on the on the term uh, commit suicide. What do you do if you break a law? You commit a crime, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just taking away that negativity of, um, you know, changing the, 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 the language so that it doesn't um, villainize that person right. is my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, the, and that's the great thing. I mean, there's when we, we've that tells you that the game is changing, mm-hmm. and it has changed some. I think the game has changed, but I, it still has a ways to go. Yeah, you know there, um, there are a lot of companies that are that are dealing with it. You know, it's it's funny because I said I've really been lucky enough that I've um, mentally, and, and I think it's part sometimes it's naivete. <laughs> that, <laughs> but but I remember I for a year I worked at home during COVID. I, I had built a little studio in my basement and I worked out of home because I, um, I because I went through chemotherapy once my immune system is compromised and was certainly compromised yeah, during, uh, during, during COVID. So I decided to work from home. And when I went back after I was able to, you know, to get vaccinated and all this kind of stuff, when I went back to work, I had angst and I had never felt that angst before. It wasn't stress like, you know, like, this morning before I spoke, I always have a certain amount of stress and anxiety yeah. because your nerves, you don't sure. want to, you want to get up there and be good and you don't want to forget that. You, you know, all, all these things that you do in, in a performance. But, um, but I had angst going back and I thought to myself at that time, I am a person who never gets angst. If this, if I were a person who has yeah. angst, imagine what it's like to go back. So when kids came back to school, we know that we, we've, screwed up a lot of kids over this mm-hmm. deal or a lot of kids are still struggling because yes. of this deal mm-hmm. um and uh you know no one certainly has the right answer but it is a little bit scary um when you when you think about that because there's a lot of kids who have this anxiety a lot of adults who have that anxiety too yeah could you want to talk yeah, about we're gonna, work we're gonna balance? jump into that uh, i know you mentioned it it's in your uh, your handout that you had today um Again, one of our four pillars that we talk about, work-life balance. Yep. Um, it's going to look different for everyone. Uh, everyone has a different situation. Um, I'm interested to hear your take on this because because of the nature of what, what you do. Yep. Um, it's got to be challenging. Yep. Um, and it may not, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I rely on routines. I, a school schedule is super easy, right? Starts this time, ends this time. Um if I were in your shoes, that's probably, you know, you don't have the luxury of doing that. And so how do you, how do you tackle that? Yeah. You kind of get used to it. It becomes part of your DNA, the sports schedule. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reality is being a sports anchor in Minnesota, my schedule does not get goofed up too often by a team making a long playoff run. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom. Gotta find the silver line. <laughs> yeah. But but I will I will I will tell you that uh, back in the early two thousands there were there were two years in a row where I worked. You know, was there was a Timberwolves run, there was a Wild run, there was a Gopher basketball run, 
And um, I worked 44 out of 45 days. um, And half of that on the road with the young family. Wow. And I got burned out. And I also realized that this was not good. So you talk about health. You know, you didn't eat well. You didn't sleep well. You, you know... It, it, nothing of it. Nothing, there was nothing that yeah. was good. Was good about it. it. Was fun because you're you know in the middle of the eye of the beast and you're yeah. where everybody wants to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining, but uh, but I had mentioned it a little bit earlier. I I, I think I've just kind of learned to say no. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, so today, um, so la- last night I I tried to take off yesterday, but the guy that was going to replace me couldn't do it. He had something going on. So yesterday I I worked. Um, all day, and uh, I came up here. I, I got done with the news, got out of the station about 10.45, drove up here and got here a little after 1 o'clock in the morning and had to be on the stage at 8.30 this morning, but I needed to get over there about 7 o'clock to go out the handouts and all the stuff. So I, I've got myself a good five hours of sleep tonight. The old Joe would have driven back and worked until 11 o'clock tonight, you know, did, did the news. I took the day off, so that's why I'm... That, yeah. no, no hurry to get back. And uh, my wife and I, my wife is, uh, she's doing, she's directing a play in the morning and my, my wife and I are going to go and do something this afternoon. And then I told her I'm going to need a little nap at some point. <laughs> and, and, uh, but anyway, so I, I, you know, I, I learned, I just took the day off. You know, yeah. I, have, I have enough vacation days that I can take a day off when I do it. But the old Joe would have worked. And guess what Thursday would have been? I'd have been a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, so you got to kind of learn what what your what your body is and and what to do, but I, I would say saying no is 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 the big thing that that I always work better at it. And the other kind of balance I look at is is kind of a happiness balance. I didn't say it today. I say it once in a while in speeches. I try to live by the ninety ten rule, mm. and that is where I think if you all look at our lives, I think we can all say that about ninety percent of our lives are good, if not great. And 10%, everybody's got a little mess. Everybody's got a little work to do. Where people get out of whack is when they spend 90% of their time with the 10%. Oh. Spend 90% of your time on the good stuff. You know, Are you spending your time on the good stuff? So one of the things I do is, is um, I have Fridays and Saturdays off normally. I say no to a lot of things on Friday because I say yes to golfing with my buddies. <laughs> yeah. Because because it, you know, it, we we get out Friday morning or whatever, the fun meter is on high, yeah. and and so you got to have a fun meter now and then where you put it on high. The rest of the weekend is 100% family, but um, but it just it just kind of works out that way. Yeah, and 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 uh, I look forward to it every. It's, a, it's talk about a mental health release mm-hmm. you know where it's it's buddies where you know we're we're jabbering we're on each other from the whole first hole all the way through <laughs> a little jaw jacking huh <laughs> oh yeah 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 but but they're also the kind of guys when we're done we'll sit and find out what's going on in everybody's life yeah, yeah. so prioritizing setting boundaries community i mean it's yeah. it's all wrapped up community's in huge there. Yeah. you know and, and here's the other thing about friendship um you have to work on friendships yeah and and i think sometimes People uh, get a scorecard out. Well, they don't call me, so I'm not calling them. You know, let the ego go away. Call them. Yeah. Get on the phone. And, and sometimes they're just not the kind of person that can think that far ahead to line up dinner, that can line up, hey, let's, you know, let's get the kids together, whatever. If that's your role, that's your role. But um, I, I think one of, the, you know, one of the things I'm probably the most proud of in my life is, is you know, I moved away from Seymour, Wisconsin. I grew up in, 
that little town outside Green Bay. And, um, and anyway, my high school friends, my guys I went to grade school with, yeah. you know, are, are still my best friends, mm. you know, I, I still, cool. have, so I've got a bunch of different friendship groups and speaking of golf. So we have one golf weekend a year with the boys. I now have in this golf gang, I have my friends from Minnesota. I've got my boyhood high school friends and I got a couple of college buddies and guess what's happened? They're buddies. I was going to say they're they all stay in contact stuff. without me being in the middle. <laughs> they're you know they're texting and they're you know, on social media. And they're doing stuff uh, uh, together, and and to me that's one of the greatest things. And I said, well, it only makes sense. You know, we all I like you. We like the same stuff. Why wouldn't my friends from Minnesota, yeah. my friends from Wisconsin, my friends from college, all like each other? And they do. So it's kind of, that that's, that's really neat. kind of we, we call it the Gitchy Gumi. It's a the <laughs> tournament. It's coming up in July. And uh, that will be one weekend just to get it out there. Might be hard to hit my protein in my workout. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you but you're living by that, like you said, ninety ten. You know, yeah. you you want to do if you're consistent, you're continually doing it. It's okay every once in a while. You call it yeah. cheat days, whatever. You, you know, you're gonna do that, but you're gonna get back on it. So. But I've never heard. I mean, I've kind of heard. You know, you know, the eighty twenty rule. Yeah. You know, when they're talking about nutrition. But the way you explained. Don't don't spend ninety percent of your time and your energy and your effort and right. your your mentality on ten percent of the things in your life that right that's yeah that are that you're struggling with like you know they need attention but ten percent of your attention yeah absolutely <laughs> and then you know I mean it's it's the oldest line in the book you know control what you can control yeah. and and I I think a lot of people their ten percent becomes twenty percent because they they worry about things they can't control yeah yeah I mean you and you just can't worry about that. You can only worry on how you respond, how you yeah. act, how you know what your reactions are, and uh, you know that that's sometimes easier said than done because oh, we're all absolutely. human. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, uh, I was doing a. Uh, my mind is gone on me again. Um, I was doing a uh, a thing with a bunch of uh, college kids. You know, who were thinking about getting in broadcasting. It was a college journalism class. And someone asked me, he said, uh, Joe, what regrets do you have? You know, you get towards the end of your career. What regrets do you have? Do you regret you ever did this or whatever? And I started thinking about it for a second. And I thought, oh, yeah, there were a few regrets. I said some things, whatever. And I, But instead of going down that lane, I changed it. I had a little, a little brain snap that worked. And I said, here's what I look at. Here's what I don't regret. I never regret volunteering. I never regret reaching out and helping somebody. I never regret being kind. I never regret um, being unselfish. Mm-hmm. I never regret helping somebody out. So I just kind of turned it around. I thought, God, that was genius for a guy like <laughs> from Seymour, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it's but it's true because too many times we beat ourselves up with yeah. regrets. Yeah. Flip that and say, here's what I don't regret, and do more of that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, you know, what you were talking about, Joe, is what I heard earlier, too, is just go find things that bring you joy and go do them, right? Because what that does is that can help just with your overall health, mental health, whatever it is. But make sure you're finding, finding time for yourself to go things that bring you joy. If it's golf, it's hanging with your buddies, if it's could be doing uh, painting, whatever it may be, but go do that. Yeah, it's uh, a friend of mine, and in, in, in he passed away. His, his name was Tom Winninger, 
and he wrote a book called Your Divine uh, Your Divine DNA. Your your no, your DNA, your divine natural attribute. And basically what he was talking about is if you want to live a life that's fulfilled, find out what your passion is and try to center your life around that. That that mm-hmm. should be your career, your and that should be what you're good at. That's, you know, people tend to like what they're good at. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except Makes for sense. golf. Except for golf. I have to put one caveat in, caveat in there. But you know, people tend to, you know, if if you happen to be really good at crocheting, you're probably going to do a lot of it because you're really good at it, and people will give you compliments on it, whatever. So is there a way you can turn that into your career? You know, it's for a, for a younger thing. Or is there a way that you can capitalize on that? You yeah. know, everybody has, you know, certain things they're better at than other people. Well, that just kind of lead you to lead you to think that that's maybe what I should do. That's my divine natural attribute. Yeah. Attribute. So love it. I want to get into leadership here, um, and I've got all these other questions. I'm like, ah, I want to, but well, you've been around the sports. You know, you've been around. People call famous, right? Famous mm-hmm. people, coaches, players, all that stuff. What does leadership? mean to to you joe and then i i guess then i'm going to follow up but let's just let's yeah. what is what does leadership mean to you well 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 first of all the the best leaders do lead by example right i mean it's it's not all the rah-rah talk and it's not all you know i've seen a lot of re, a lot of leaders who you know can talk the talk but don't walk the walk and there's different ways you can lead you know i, I look at and, you know, two guys I used to have on my shows, uh, on my TV show, I used to have Brian Billick and Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony Dungy was cool, calm, collected, never raised his voice. He won a Super Bowl. Brian Billick, you know, would swear at his mother, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it just was bombastic and what have you. He won a Super Bowl. But both of those coaches uh, were really good at communicating what everybody's role is and why it was important to the team. And if you did your role... And put yourself, uh, put the team in front of yourself. The team had a much better chance to succeed. I remember I, I talked to Bud Grant um, about a year before he died, and I asked Bud the question, "What's good leadership?" And he goes, "Well, uh, the the key for me, Joe, was I got to know everybody, and I got to know what made them tick. Hmm. I knew I could not yell at Fran Tarkington in front of the team hmm. because that would destroy Fran." So if I had an issue with Fran, I took him behind closed doors. I knew that Chuck Foreman and Carl Eller, I had to yell at in front of the team. <laughs> I, you know, I you know, just it was, but it was it was he learned what made everybody tick, and that helped them be their best version. And when you think about it, it's it's you can't have one size fits all. You know, as a principal, it's not one size fit all. Right. You know, I, one of the one of the principals today had that session. Said something about that everybody's different, so the rules sometimes have to be different for yeah. different people. Um, but it's also it's also I, I look at football. Mike Zimmer one time I was talking to him about it, and and Zimmer said, "Here's the thing in professional sports," he said, "I got to be able to tell a defensive end." That if he plays in the system and is not selfish, he might only get eight sacks. If he if he was a lone ranger, did himself, he might get twelve. 
And the difference between eight sacks and twelve sacks is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. But but if you but if you play within the system, we have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And that's what is that worth to you? Mm-hmm. So so you know that that's that's part of it. it it's funny when uh, the Denver Nuggets just won the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of guys talk about that. That you know they left the egos at the door, and it was all about the team. And and when your best player, in this case Nikola Jokic, you know if he was Jokic, he he is the most unselfish of all the guys. Right. You know, and when your best on a team, when your best player is your best leader, that's a really good place to start. Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. Is there? I don't know if you've ever been asked this question, and maybe you have. Is there somebody? that you haven't interviewed yet or what you like who would you want to go interview or have time with that maybe you haven't because you've you've interviewed yeah. a lot of people i mean a lot yeah. of fame but is there anybody out there that you like i really want to interview this person or yeah. get to know this person well, first of all, I, I I could tell you some of the names I have interviewed, and I yeah. pinch myself. Yeah, you know, we, let's I, do it. Let's I, start. You know, I, I've interviewed Muhammad Ali. I was with Tiger <laughs> Woods for an hour. You know, uh, Brad Favre, Suni Lee, Lindsey Whalen, Kirby Puckett, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, on and on <laughs> well, and on. You know, so 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 I've had I've had some like an amazing amazing experiences uh, doing those interviews, and and the the one thing that that people don't realize is, you know, just because I interviewed Tiger Woods, you know, and we, it was, it was a, it's a long story how it happened, but, um, you know, Tiger, I'm not on this Christmas card list, you know, so, you know, you know when, when he come when he comes to town for, for the Ryder Cup, he didn't call me and say, hey, you're going to go, go to dinner tonight, you know, so, so it's, um, but, uh, you know, I really haven't, that, that's a really good question. I really haven't, um, been asked that question who would i like to interview i um that is that's 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 maybe the best question ever asked the the one name that just kind of comes to mind is uh uh, chino oriema you know that oh yeah connecticut Connecticut because lindsey whalen talked awfully high in him and he's able to get all these high profile athletes there and uh, I heard him do a mastermind on leadership and he talked a lot about you know just imagine as a coach where you get the cream of the crop and you bring in the five best players in high school basketball well they were all the star of their high school basketball Mm -hmm. team now all of a sudden you got to get them to be unselfish and and work together as a team so I I mean I think that that part of it would be would be interesting um so Gino, but, if you're listening, yeah, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. I want you to Give contact Joe, Joe Schmidt and uh, uh, get him on. <laughs> I've yeah. got a follow-up question based on I've never met anybody that has had conversations with as many famous people as you have. What is what's one thing you've learned about all the people you've interviewed, all these famous people? What's one takeaway that you've gotten that collectively might apply to all of them? Well, if if there is one, maybe well, there's not. Well, you know, it, it's. I've I've studied you know professional athletes for a long time and and the difference, and I say any athlete who lasts ten years or more, they last because they're professionals. Hmm. They are all in. It's just not natural ability if yeah. they last that long. So they do. They take care of the body. They take care of their mind. They're always thinking about the team. They're good in the community. They're good in the clubhouse. They're good. They, otherwise, you don't survive. But but I I think. 
part of it is not only the passion to be the best, but it's the passion to prepare to be the best. How can I get an edge? What's going to take my game to the next level? Now, they all have really, really high competitive mm-hmm. yeah. uh, competitive things. And sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that can work for those guys. For example, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, interviewed Michael Jordan a couple times. And, uh, and he played golf. He used to play golf out at Spring Hill. He was uh, one of those traveling members, whatever they call him in. And uh, I knew someone who would play with him. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was a wealthy guy who would play golf with him. And he said, Michael Jordan, there'd be two birds on a telephone line, and Michael Jordan would bet $500 as to which bird would fly off first. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's how competitive he was. Now, that, you know, that, that, that when you have stupid money, I guess you yeah. can bet that. But, but, uh, but, but that, was, that was Jordan. And if you have watched Jordan rules, you, you yeah. kind of realize that was that was... That was his greatest strength. Mm-hmm. He had some gambling problems. His greatest weakness, you know. Yeah. So, um, but but I, I I do think it is that it it's they're always looking for ways to get better, and I think that many many times that people get into their profession and they kind of forget about that. Sure. That that how am I going to get better? We should all be on a continuous growth, you know, kind of curve and uh, or. You know, try to go up, and um, I think we all get a little fat, a little lazy. You know, we all get a little content, and you know, what are you doing to raise your game to the next level? That's why they hire high-paid speakers like me to come in and try to <laughs> try to <laughs> help inspire you to do yeah, that. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. But yeah. taking a lot out of there, uh, real quick, um, Lou Nanny, <laughs> are you? You got a story about Lou? Oh, Louis the best. Louis the best. Oh God! Oh God! Well, he was the most superstitious guy I think I've ever covered. Okay, going, going way back to the North Star days when Lou was the with the team president. You know, he'd be up in the press box, and if if the North Stars were losing, all of a sudden he'd be sitting somewhere else, like four chairs down, because the chair he was sitting in wasn't good luck. <laughs> you know, if he were on a winning streak, he'd wear the same tie every day until they lost. You know, just yeah. Louis was Louis was crazy that way. But uh, Louis is. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Herb Brooks. I was I was fortunate enough to to know Herb Brooks, and um, and and that's their passion. You know, uh, the passion about hockey. It's it, it, they wear it on their sleeves. Yeah. You know, Louie has been doing the state high school tournament, and I've been lucky enough to do that with him for a lot of years. And you know, he he has the same drive and passion, and knows these kids. You know, he knows sixteen year old kids like they're his neighbors and stuff, <laughs> talking about hockey. And he still has the same passion for it. Great little Herb Brooks story. So, so uh, Herbie, you, you might recall, went to St. Cloud oh, yeah. and, and started the D one program in St. Cloud. They weren't even D one at the time, oh. but you know Herbie's goal was to bring more D one hockey into Minnesota. So uh, Herbie was working with the coaches. They were watching film or video, and uh, uh, they had ordered some pizzas. So Herb says, "I'll go get them. You guys keep breaking down this film." Well. Herbie comes back about three hours later smelling like beer with cold pizza. <laughs> so so the coaches are still there because they, they were afraid of Herb. So, Herb, what the heck? What's going on here? And he goes, well, I got to the pizza joint. It wasn't ready, so I went to the bar next door and had a couple of beers. And all of a sudden, one of the guys said, uh. one of the guys said, that's the biker bar. 
that's the notorious, that's the scariest bar in town. And we said, yeah, I met some really good guys there. <laughs> guys, guys didn't think much of it. Uh, next home game, next home game, Louie had the four seats right behind the bench. And all of a sudden, one of the assistant coaches tapped the other. There were four guys in biker leathers sitting behind. <laughs> they had Louis. They had Louis seats. Louis was trying to. I mean, uh, uh, Herb, Herb was trying to teach him into hockey players, <laughs> hockey fans. So, yeah. So Herb. that that was the that was Herb. Yeah, that's. You know, I'm a former hockey yeah. hockey guy, and um, you know, Lou Nanny his, his one of Marty, his son Marty. Yeah. So he was uh, coaching me at one point in my career. And, um, I still remember this day when he, he said, you're not, you're not strong. You're not tough. You gotta, you gotta get that. You gotta get that baby fat off you. So Marty put me down and he did, uh, I still, I'll even tell my kids, but he put me through this, uh, like push up challenge where you go from 10 down to nine, you know, all this stuff and you go till failure. But I always remember that Marty and Annie was telling me, you're not strong enough. You gotta, you had to get down there, kid, and lose some of that fat. But yeah, the, yeah, the nanny. I'm sure you got great stories about Lou. But oh, I remember yeah. him coming to. I thought it was the coolest thing because Marty invited Lou to come to one of the games. You know, and I got you know walk up the stairs and you got to see Lou, and I'm like, wow, Lou nanny's here. So yeah, still the voice of high school That's hockey cool. for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's just he's just a good dude. He's you know, and and there's a guy that goes at 100 miles an hour. If you golf with Lou, you'll get your steps in because <laughs> yeah. you got like a little three-foot downhill snake for a par, and all of a sudden you hear, he's teeing off on the next hole already. <laughs> that's, that's golfing with Louie. That's awesome. Hey, um, the challenges of being a leader, right? You know, the principalship, it could be a coach, it could be in your realm of things. The the what are some of those, the challenges that you see and, and then the burnout or like, you know, cause it is, it's like some of these coaches, boom, you're not, you, you didn't win, you're gone, you're fired. What are some of the challenges you see and what are the, the even maybe with the, the principalship or some things you could share with us to keep us kind of figuring that out? I mean, that's, that's a really good question. I, I, I guess, you know, we talked about a little bit before with the consistency I think if you are genuine and who you are, who you are all the time, um, that's a really good place to start because you don't have to worry about, you know, I gave this kid, you know, something else or, you know what I mean? You can, yeah. you're, however you're dealing with, I, I think that people know where you're coming from all the time. They know what your expectations are. And then I think quite frankly, you have to do it yourself, you know, be the kind of person who, you know, sees garbage on the uh, on the lawn and, and picks mm -hmm. it up. Mm -hmm. You know, I uh, I, I did a, a presentation for um, a, a group of professional groundskeepers, and they did grounds like at major universities and hospitals and things like this. And one of the guys told me a story that the president of a big university would schedule a lot of meetings at 6.30 in the morning when he took his walk. And he would take a walk around campus, and he would walk on campus with a plastic bag. And his walk would be to talk, and they would have their meeting, and he would pick up garbage. So if the president of the university picks up garbage, mm -hmm. what kind of impact do you think it has on other people? So never be too big or sit in too big a chair that you're not willing to do that. I used to have a golf tournament. I'll, I'll never forget it. Bill Pop is a friend of mine. He's, he did the Good Neighbor Award, and he's 
he's a general partner in the Timberwolves organization, and he and he was, and uh, at, at at my charity golf tournament, he's the main major sponsor, and we're like at the end of the tournament looking for Bill. There's Bill driving the golf cart, picking up all the garbage. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. like, going, how can you not respect that? Mm -hmm. So so I think that, I think that's a really good place to start. Yeah, lead by it's yeah, good. Lead by example. Do that. Let's go. We got a couple more questions here, but yep. let's talk a little bit about Joe. I want to make sure we mention about your books. I mean, you you've, yep. you've written two, and you got a third one coming. Yeah. Um, let's talk about those books, and then what are some other maybe resources that you could share with listeners, or books, or podcasts that maybe that you enjoy that have helped you out when it comes to your health or leadership yep. or whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's good. I yeah, I've written two books: Silent Impact and The Impact Blueprint, and um, they're all about people who make an impact, and they're all on ways to hopefully inspire and drive you to be more aware and intentional uh, with your impact. And it's it's just you know make one more impact a day, and and your life can be can be better. Um, I'm I'm always reading self help books. As a matter of fact, um, matter of fact, I've now decided I had to change it a little bit. So so for every time I read a self help book, I got to read a novel. <laughs> because I need, I need to, um, but, but I just, I just, you know, and, and the funny thing is you just, you just always learn. Um, there's, there's a new book that I just read. Um, I read Atomic Habits, which is good, mm -hmm. yeah. and which is very popular, but the one that, that you probably haven't heard of yet, but you should, everybody should read is called The Gap and the Gain. The gap and the gain. The gap and Let's the gain. Let's make sure we put that in the show notes. Yeah, okay. So, so this book is written about people who live in the gap instead of the gain. I'll, I'll use the easiest example is losing weight. But there are many other examples you can look at. So if your goal was to lose 20 pounds and you gain and you lose 10 pounds, yeah. what do people do? They beat the heck out of themselves because they're living in the gap. They're living in that 10-pound gap. Sure. Mm. Instead of going back and looking, what did I gain? I lost 10 pounds. Mm. Let me congratulate myself. That might help me lose the 11th. So people who are perfectionists, people who are workaholics, people, I mean, a lot of successful people live in the gap. I sold 100,000 widgets. I was trying to sell 120,000 widgets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they they instead of saying the success that they had because they did something right or something yeah. positive. And there's all kinds of examples about that, but it's a major mind shift change, the gap in the gain. And and I think that helps people when you talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. So so um I'm I'm always reading like that. I listen to a couple of leadership podcasts. Um um, I, I listen to I listen to some speaking industry podcasts, yeah. Uh, because because I'm always trying to up my game. Sure. Mm -hmm. From from I listened to a couple last night when I came in. Um, I'm a little bit of a political junkie, so I'll listen to some. I like I like sports and I like politics. I'm not going to talk about where I'm at politically on here, but but I I I kind of like to know what's going yeah. on and and why it goes on. So. Um, yeah, I mean, podcasts are, are interesting. We were just talking about it. It's it's like you know, last night I had a long drive at night and I stayed awake listening to podcasts and <laughs> was totally enthralled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now more than ever, I mean, you can find 
There's so many on any great, topic you want. Yeah, there's so many great podcasts. I heard about there. this two principles one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, the two principles podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's our. Yeah, we're and again we again I'm so grateful for your time today and um, I'm like a little kid. I I I'm I feel like you know you you have those. Who do you want to? You know mm-hmm. who's in your top five? You'd want to. Joe Schmidt would be one of them. Oh, and it's just great that he was able to be here and. You know some of these other things. So yeah, it's let's, been awesome. Let's, We're gonna wrap it up with one question. Yep. Uh, it's the same question we always ask our, our to end the episode with every guest. If you had one piece of advice for listeners, just just one, um, to help them shift their life into the right direction, into um, trying to improve overall health, wellness. Um, what would you what would you tell what would you tell listeners something that they could you know implement yep. tomorrow do something nice for somebody else okay it's as simple as it gets because the rewards are always nice and the rewards sometimes don't come back immediately but they come back i'm yeah. a i'm a big believer in karma you know mm-hmm. and and you know i think that the karma you put out does does kind of come back at you sometimes mm-hmm. and um you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and why not? And why not? And I, I, I do believe that if you're feeling down, instead of feeling sorry for yourself, help somebody else, mm-hmm. that's going to help you feel better about yourself, you know? So, as straightforward and it's as simple as it gets. It's, and, it's, it's very beautiful. Simple, very it's beautiful. simple. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Hey, I, I think. Well, I was just going to say if, if, if listeners, you know, how, how, if somebody wanted to just get in contact with you about either, you know, your book or speaking, um, or just, you know, whatever, yep. where, where, where can they find you? And we'll put it in the yeah, show we'll notes. Put stuff yeah. in the show yeah, notes. I have a website, yep. uh, joeschmidt.com. It has speaking, it has my books. I've got a video series. I've got a, uh, you know, I, I, I basically, you know, the way I built this business was kind of like you guys did here. I, I really didn't get into the business to make it a business, but I do have an entrepreneurial side and I thought, well, I might as well make it a business, but I just kind of listened to what people wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people, I started speaking, all of a sudden someone said, you ought to write a book. Next thing I, I wrote a book, <laughs> you know, both books are bestsellers according to the way they quantify bestsellers these days. You know, somebody said, you ought to, you ought to do this. So, so yeah, I listened to what people wanted. So now I've got a learning system that I've got just different resources and it just keeps me busy and keeps my mind busy and keeps me challenging myself. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be my second piece of advice. What are you doing? to challenge yourself. What are you doing yourself to make yourself better? Make yourself a better friend, to make yourself a better husband, to make yourself better at your profession, um, you know, to make yourself a better golfer, whatever yeah. whatever the case. I can't go there. I, <laughs> I, I, I always tell my friends, you know, uh, and people who practice golf are cheating. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get all that stuff, those those uh, links and whatnot in the yeah. show notes and some of those books you mentioned. And uh, yeah, this yeah. I got to tell you, this has been an absolute joy for me today. Um, a first hearing you speak to the principals because your message, I think, to uh, our leadership group was powerful, impactful, and just this conversation mm-hmm. here. This is going to be a memory that Absolutely. I'll always I'll always remember, and I appreciate your time and sitting in this hotel room with us here up on you know we brought the two principles pod on the road so you're part of the summer edition so we appreciate you you, you make it sound like we're sitting in some you know some 
$49 a night from the Bay Hotel. You're at, you're awesome at, highway. You're, and you're, you're at Breezy yeah, Point yeah, where no. we're sitting in a suite with a yeah, fireplace, okay? So we are, yes, we are yes. set up nice here. So It's a well-lit area. Yeah, we're looking yeah, outside. We're, we're we can good. see the lake and flags and stuff. And you, and you, and you, make, you make it sound like... Uh, we're at the, uh, what are, uh, one of those, yeah, like yeah budget so, hotels. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm, can't, can't do, say the names. Yeah, exactly. I get in trouble. I know, I'm not, that's what I said too, so... Well, yeah, Joe, uh, just like Jason said, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know you're busy, and yeah. uh, it's very, very kind of you to uh, agree to sit down and have a conversation with us. I, had, learned, I had as much fun as you guys did. So. I learned okay. lots today and uh, other stories and all that stuff. So all right. with that, Joe, thank you, and take care. Take care, everybody. That's a wrap, baby. We appreciate you hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you. One step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. And we are so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. Wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.